Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Friends, it's the month of December, and we want to welcome you to this Advent season. We have five lessons over the coming weeks that we want to share with you. You know, there's a song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, And I don't know about you, but sometimes our days can be very hectic. In fact, in the month of December, it's easy to be distracted, become impatient, feel hurried, um, just all the hustle and bustle that surrounds Christmas. Well, for the next month, as we come and share uh, lessons with you from God's Word, we want to focus on Bethlehem's story Consider one of thousands of small towns all over Israel, and yet the Lord chose this town. And the passages that we want to discuss today go back thousands of years before the first Christmas took place in this little town of Bethlehem. Let's begin with a prophecy from nearly 4,000 years ago. Jacob is blessing his sons down in Egypt prior to his death, and he begins with these words in Genesis 49, verse 1. Assemble yourselves, he says to his sons, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the days to come. And As we work our way through chapter 49, he addresses Reuben, the firstborn, and the secondborn, Simeon, and then Levi is the thirdborn, and then he gets to his fourth son, Judah. And so we'll begin in verse 8. He says, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? And then verse 10, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. We see here in these verses, his father, Jacob, renamed Israel, is saying, your brothers are going to praise you. And that name, Judah, actually translated, has the definition of being praiseworthy ones. Your brothers are going to lift you up, and you will be the one they look to and offer praise. And then he describes even Judah's triumph, stating that he will actually put his hand on the neck of your enemies and that he will be the leader, the ruler, the one who is over all. And then that reference to being a lion's cub, this is a symbol of sovereignty, of strength, of courage. He's often pictured, Judah is often pictured as a lion in later times. And in fact, Jesus Christ himself is referred to as the lion of the tribe of Judah. We see that in Revelation 5 5. And then this scepter that will be in his hand, it will not depart from Judah, 
refers to royalty. David is coming, and ultimately Jesus Christ is coming as the Lion of Judah. And so Jacob speaks this powerful prophecy over his fourth son, Judah. And you know, Brenda, as you know, when we travel to, to Israel, there's a couple of symbols that are that are often seen in Israel. One is David's harp, a, a harp symbol, a little handheld harp. But the more prominent symbol that you see, you'll even see it on the, the, the covers of, of, of sewers, covers on the streets, you'll see it all over Israel, is the lion, the symbol of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And, and that's so prominent. Well, let's move historically forward about 700 years. And the children of Israel came in to the promised land, and each of the 12 tribes, they settle in their allocated territory. The tribe of Judah lived west of the Dead Sea. It included the the larger towns of Hebron and Ashkelon. Um, There's a a beautiful spring called En Gedi. That's in the tribe of Judah. But there's this small town of Bethlehem. Literally, the name Bethlehem, Beth means house of, and Lehem means bread. It's bread town. It's the bread basket of Israel. And here we meet two widows in the book of Ruth. Um, again, this is set during the time of the judges, a time uh, the book of Judges repeatedly said it's a time when every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. This is not good. They're not doing what is according to the law of the Lord. They're doing what feels good to them. And some of what feels good to men is not good. It's not biblical. And so the book of Ruth begins, and it talks about Bethlehem. It says, So a man from Bethlehem of Judah, together with his wife and his two sons, they went to live for a while in the country of Moab. And then verse 4 tells us they were there for about 10 years. Um, what's difficult about this is they left the land of God's promise. They left the land that was allotted to them that they were supposed to be in. And, and they went due east into Moab um, just for a short time. But verse 4 says they've stayed there for 10 years, walked out of the land of, of God's promise. And just a quick head to heart here. You know, sometimes we convince ourselves that we're going to do this just for a little bit of time and we'll try to do. And, and the short time becomes years. And sometimes it becomes years when we're not walking well with the Lord. And I would argue that was that family. And because of that, there's going to be some hard things happen to that family's life. The quick head to heart is when you find yourself out of the will of God, turn, turn around, return to the Lord and his guidance and his protection and his leading hand. Well, continuing in the book of Ruth, as we get to the the end of the book, in chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, it says, The elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman, Ruth, who's coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, may may she have children, who together they built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. Though the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, who was born, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Again, that connection back to Judah, that connection to Bethlehem. And then later in this chapter, Naomi took the child in her arms and she cared for him. This woman living there said, Naomi, you have a son, really her grandson. You have a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. 
Yeah, and as you go over that, Walt, I mean, we've taught the Book of Ruth before um, a, a while ago here on Walk with God, and in those lessons, we we looked at this family much closer than what we're doing today. But I think what's so interesting here in these closing verses of Ruth chapter four is what are we seeing? Bethlehem. We're seeing Judah. We're seeing that family tie and what is going on here. What is the Lord doing as he's continuing? So we, you know, go all the way back to um, 1800 BC, right? Now we've come up another 700 years. And we see here that Boaz, as he took this widow Ruth from Moab, Boaz becomes the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. And where do they live? They're in Bethlehem. They're in Bethlehem. And it's key. I mean, it, both at the very end when it was talking about this child, the father of Jesse, the father of David, and then the genealogy, the father of Jesse, the father of David, that repetition brings us to this important person, David. Exactly. And so now we want to go another 100 years uh, from where we're at. So, so you see where we are having a history lesson here. We've gone from Genesis. We've gone to the book of Ruth. Now, friends, I want to take us to the book of First Samuel. Saul has been named the first king of Israel, but because of his disobedience, the Lord now rejects him as king. And the prophet Samuel was sent to anoint a new king. So let's pick up at the beginning of chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. You see, there's that thread again. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. You know, Jesse had eight sons. We knew, know that. We're not going to break this whole chapter down, but he had eight sons. Now in verse two, Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. And so Samuel did. He was obedient as the Lord commanded him to do. And now let's go down to chapter 17 in 1 Samuel, verse 12. Now David was the son of an Ephratite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. You hear all of these words repeating in these verses. Yeah, we have that connection again back to Judah and the blessing that was given to Judah almost 4,000 years ago. And then we have that connection of Jesse and then to his youngest son, David. And and again, this shouldn't surprise anyone that gets this, shouldn't hear this and say, oh my heavens, I mean, this is, this is unusual. This, how can that be? But we have multiple times that not only do we have this son 
of Jesse. We have this boy named David, but but we have also prophecies that come out of this. One of our favorite ones at Christmas time is Micah five two, and this being repeated when King Herod is told this by these wise men that come. Where is this new king of the Jews? Micah five two says this. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrata, though you are too little to be among the clans of Judah, it, it's just a small little town at that time. Now it's grown larger. But at that time, it was just a small little village. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. And, and that expression, you're going to have someone come out of you, but his coming is from of old, from ancient days. That's key. Uh, th- that will be the ultimate ruler in Israel. Uh, coming from the same town that David came from, coming from the same tribe, the tribe of Benjamin, that was, that was told that they were going to be like lions. They were going to, there was going to be a, a ultimate ruler, an ultimate lion that would come out of this tribe. And and one of the things, even as I think about this, um, we love the, the the hymn, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. These small and insignificant places, and sometimes f- small and insignificant people, when they're available for God's purposes, when they're tied into his sovereign plan, um, God will do great things with them. God can do great things with you. Don't ever underestimate the Lord's call on your life or the Lord's ability to make your life be significant for him. I, I, I think of the story of, of God meeting with Moses and, and asking Moses, what's that in your hand, Moses? And he, he said, well, it's just my old shepherd's staff. It, it, I've used it out in the wilderness. I use it to help protect and guard and guide the sheep. Um, but, but not only that, God can take that and he can make it into a staff of power. He can make it in, into uh, Moses becoming one of the most significant people, uh, person in the lives of, of the Israelites. Um, and again, in the midst of that, that whole idea, what's that in your hand? And David said, well, it's, it's just a sling. I use that to protect my sheep. But God can take that sling that David used in the wilderness year after year, just guarding his sheep. And with that, God can destroy a giant because he's using what's in his hand. Use what's in your hand for the glory of God and watch and see what he will do. Yeah, what a great head to heart, Walt, and so true because so often we we doubt ourselves, right? And we underestimate because you know what is this that I it's it's not anything you know worth anything but but what does God say with God there's nothing that's impossible when it's given to him when we surrender it over to him. Well, as we've walked through history today, one of the things that that Walt and I have just loved as we've prepared for today's lesson, Bethlehem has been in God's story since the very beginning, that first book in the Bible, Genesis. Remember, Jacob spoke prophetic words over his 12 sons, but to Judah, his fourth son, he said, your brothers will bow down before you. They will praise you. The scepter will not depart from your hand. And then 700 years later, a woman walks beside her mother-in-law from the foreign land of Moab, returning to her mother-in-law Naomi's hometown. What was it? Bethlehem. 
Bethlehem in Judah. And those words spoken to Naomi as Ruth had given birth to a son. May the Lord make the woman who's coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. A son was born to Boaz and Ruth, Obed. Later, he had a son named Jesse. And Jesse had a son named David. And for Samuel, the Lord instructs Samuel, I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. And then it goes on and it says, Now David was the son of an Aphrodite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah, the, the place, the tribe that was going to have preeminence. And again, Micah, out of you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, though you're little, you're just a little town of Bethlehem, out of you will come forth a ruler whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. God had a plan in ancient days. Why Bethlehem? Why Bethlehem? Because God has a story, and the story has a, a key place, and that key place is Bethlehem the tribe of Judah, from the clan of Jesse and Obed and David. Um, he has a plan. He had a plan in ancient days. He has a plan still today. And at the end of his plan, the lion of the tribe of Judah that came from Bethlehem will return in power and glory. Let me close in, in prayer. So, Father God, help remind us that you have a sovereign plan because you are a sovereign God that you make master plans, and, and included in that plan, and central to that plan, is to redeem people, people caught in sin, people that are struggling. Your plan is to offer them redemption. Your plan is to offer them forgiveness. Your plan is to offer us eternal life. And so, Father God, I pray during the, this, this month of December, this month when, again, we can get too caught up in the hustle and bustle, Lord, would you help us slow down? Would you help us listen um, for your name? Would you help us listen for your plan? Not just that you've had from old as we read the scriptures, but also your plan for us. I ask that you would be glorified during this month and we would not get too caught up in all the hectic pace of everything that goes on, that we would take time to listen for your plan. And we pray this that this would be to your honor and to your glory. We pray this in the name of the son of David, the ultimate ruler of, of the world that came forth from Bethlehem. Lord, we pray this in mighty Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.